Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Today, I'm very excited to have a very special guest on our show today. It's Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen is a physician and psychiatrist. He is a 10-time New York Times best-selling author, which is very hard to do nowadays. He just has his brand new book coming out next week called Feel Better Fast and Make It Last. And I have no doubt after you listen to this show today, you're going to want to pre-order that book. It's phenomenal, phenomenal content here. I'm excited to have Daniel. He's an international speaker. Uh, he has the Amen Clinics, which treat complex psychiatric issues. And I believe you have 10 of those, Doc, if I remember correctly, and has had enormous success with his shows on PBS. If you've seen any of his PBS specials, you know how funny, engaging, and entertaining, as well as enlightening he is. Whether it's working with pro football players or everyday man and woman in the street, all things brain, Dr. Amen is the guy. So, Daniel, great to have you on the show, and thanks for taking time for us today. Thank you so much, Brian. What a joy for me. We're going to dive into some content here today, but maybe we can give a little background, and let's talk a little bit about where you came from. Where did you grow up? What was family life like? Long before you became this icon in the psychiatric and study of the brain, where did Daniel Amen start? So I grew up in Southern California. I'm one of seven children. I have five sisters and a brother, so pray for me. (laughs) Um, An altar boy growing up, so I went to Catholic school, and my dad called me a maverick, and to him, that was not a good thing. (laughs) Stayed with me throughout my life when I was 18. The U.S. was at war in Vietnam, and Mm. I had a low draft number. I ended up becoming an infantry medic where my love of medicine was born. Mm. But about a year into being a medic, I realized two important things about myself. I didn't like sleeping in the mud. That's just not me. (laughs) My wife wants to go camping, and there's a Four Seasons nearby. I'm like, why? Why don't I take care of you? Um, And I just couldn't get used to being shot at. That was just, it was irritating. And so I got retrained as an x-ray technician. Mm. And that was really important to me, Mm. where where my love of imaging was born. And then in 1975, I got out of the military, went to college and medical school. And while I was in medical school, someone I loved tried to kill herself. Mm. And I took her to see a wonderful psychiatrist. And I came to realize if he helped her, which he did, it wouldn't just help her. Mm. It would help children and her grandchildren because they'd be influenced by someone who is happier and more stable. So I fell in love with psychiatry, and for the last 40 years, that's what I've done, and I have loved it every single day. Wow. And so you've taken this to psychiatry, and then you had this x-ray tech background, which has led to this Really, the study of the brain, and, and i got to be honest with you, I, the first time I ever saw you, whatever insomnia had taken over, and I'm watching this PBS special, and it just never dawned on me. You're like, the brain is the largest organ in the body, and it's the organ in the body that people spend very little time working on, or trying to make healthy, or trying to exercise, and I'm thinking to myself, that is true. 
we know the brain in theory we kind of have a concept that you know we have this computer that sends all these signals and does all these things but i just had never spent any time thinking about my brain so i i bought your book and i started reading the next book and i started to understand you know this is a far bigger deal than i ever imagined and you know we used to say you know, growing up, you know, you're stuck with the brain you have. You know, that was very Irish, right? You know, you, you know when you did something stupid or you, you made mistakes, well, that's the brain you had. But you'd kind of have proven that that's kind of not true. You, you've kind of proven that you're not stuck with the brain you have. Maybe you could speak to that for a second. Well, that's what I was taught when I was in medical school, that once you lose brain cells, that's it. And when I started doing imaging, I realized I could change my brain. I could make it worse, no question, you know, whether you have a head injury or you drink too much or you're smoking pot or you're doing cocaine or you eat bad food, that'll make your brain worse. But you can also make it better. Mm -hmm. And it's really the biggest message of my life that you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. I can prove it. One fun example for me is, 2009, I did the world's largest study on active and retired NFL players, mm-hmm. sort of at a time when the NFL was lying, they had a problem, they knew it, but they were like, we don't know, and it's like, okay, well, let's find out, let's look at the brain. Instead, what they were doing is they were looking at rats. They put little tiny helmets on rats, whacked them in the head, threw them down laundry chutes, put them in dryers. And in front of Congress in 2009, Roger Goodell said, we don't know if playing football causes long-term damage. We're studying it. And I'm like, well, let's look at human brains. Wow. And so we have scanned and treated about 220 NFL players and high levels of damage in virtually all of them. Wow. And we put them on a rehabilitation program. And I talk about it in my book, Memory Rescue. Right. And 80% of our players showed improvement in as little as two months, along with better memory, mood, focus, and sleep. And I was so excited that I've known that for a long time, is you can make your brain better. You just have to, one, fall in love with it, right? (laughs) Nobody cares about it, like you alluded to. You have to fall in love with it, and then you have to do the right things for it, which we'll talk about. Yeah. It seems like, you know, whether it be dementia, Alzheimer's, those kinds of things, they're later in life conditions and so on and so forth. For many people, that's not true itself, right? It can happen for anybody, anytime. But it seems like more and more now, people are becoming aware, hang on a second here, I do need to do something. If you think about it, the heart, the heart gets all the attention, right? It gets all the love. It gets all the focus. But here's the brain, and here you are coming out and going, we can make it better. We can actually improve it. And you touched on a few things. You know, We had dinner a couple months ago, and you mentioned a few things. And I, I rarely do I have a nice casual dinner like we have, and I, you know, I start kind of taking notes on a business card because you mentioned a few things. I've read your books. I've seen your shows. I'm interested in your work. But you talked about sleep, rest, meditation. Okay. And then you talked about diet and smoke and pot. On the other side, you know, each time you commented on this, I was kind of like, really? It's California. You know, it's, you see billboards on the side of the road now. Pot's legal. You can have it. No problem. Yada, yada. 
But you're saying there are certain things that we do that are very bad for the brain and have significant negative effects on it, which then have negative effects on our health and everything else. And there's things that we can do to have positive impact on our brain that translates into better health, better life, better longevity, the whole thing. So maybe we could jump into some of those just a little bit as far as some of the things we can do to improve our brain health and what the consequences of that are. And then what are the things we do that make our brain not so happy? So brain health is really easy. And in my new book, Feel Better Fast and Make Mm -hmm. It Last, I have a whole list of tiny habits. What's the smallest thing you can do today that will make the biggest difference? And brain health is three things. Brain envy. you got to care about it. Mm -hmm. What we really need to envy is a healthy brain. That's Mm -hmm. what I want people to love their brain because if you love it, you'll care for it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is love your brain and then avoid anything that hurts it and do things that help it. So this isn't hard. The number one tiny habit, it takes three seconds, is every day. Just ask yourself, what am I going to do today? Is it good for my brain or bad for it? Hmm. And you just have to know, well, what are the lists? So some of the bad things, head trauma should be, I mean, you just have to know physics. Your brain is soft. Your skull is hard. Your skull has sharp, bony ridges. Hitting soccer balls with your head is not the sign of intelligent life. Uh, (laughs) Playing football, riding horses, you know, what killed Superman? It was a horse. You know, we just have to be more thoughtful about protecting it. They did a study in Toronto, 58. 8% of the homeless men in Toronto had a significant brain injury before they were homeless. Mm. So your brain is involved in everything you do and everything you are. It's the organ of learning, loving, behavior, decision-making, personality, character. When your brain works right, you work right. Mm. When your brain is troubled, you have trouble in your life. And then we went through this phase where alcohol was a health food. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm an Irishman, Daniel. You know, we had uh, the greatest marketing campaign in the history of marketing campaigns started in the 1940s in Ireland. It was Guinness is good for you. And if you had bronchitis as a seven-year-old, your doctor would prescribe a daily one bottle of Guinness and that was Guinness was good for you was a line that still to this day they use. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. When you look at the brain, it's, it's, you know, anything that, why does my wife, who's a nurse, put alcohol on your skin before she gives you a shot? Hmm. Well, because it kills bacteria. It's an antiseptic. Well, in your gut, you have a hundred trillion bugs. And why do you want to be pouring something down your throat that's going to hurt the microbiome Mm. that we now know is so critical to your health? Plus, alcohol increases the risk. There's a linear correlation between the amount of alcohol you drink and cancer Mm. and seven different kinds of cancer. And I can tell you, chemotherapy is not good for your brain. Mm. As a psychiatrist, I have made more money off of alcohol Right, domestic violence, bad decisions, car accident. I have made more money off alcohol than virtually anything else. Mm. So I'm just, I'm not a fan. If you have one or two drinks a week, that's not a big deal. But people who drink every day, according to a study from Johns Hopkins, have a smaller brain. And when it comes to the brain 
size matters, right? It's the only organ in your body where size matters, but it clearly does with your brain. And then marijuana, I'm actually a huge fan of legalizing it. It's like, please don't put pot smokers in jail and sleep deprive them and feed them bad food and chronically stress them and let them hang out with people who do bad things, right? I mean, that's insane. But let's not say it's good for you. I just published a study on 62,000 scans. It's the largest imaging study ever done on from nine months old to 105, how does the brain age? And what are the things that accelerate aging? And marijuana was at the top of the list. No way. Wow. So when you see all these billboards, I mean, you know, the scientist in me hates that. Mm -hmm. But the business part of me goes, hey, more business for me because ultimately they're going to have, you know, issues in their life and come see me. So not a fan. Is it worse than alcohol? Well, our aging study said yes. Really? But I'm actually not a fan of either. Right. And some of the things I had no idea is if you're overweight, we published two studies now, as your weight goes up, the actual physical size and function of your brain goes down. I'm like, oh no, 40% of Americans are obese, 70% of us are overweight. It's the biggest brain drain in the history of the United States. We need to get our weight under control. Hypertension, diabetes, not sleeping, being under chronic stress, scary movies because it just changes the chemistry in your brain in a negative way. All of these things are negative. The positive things, we know exercise is an antidepressant that boosts blood flow to your brain. I wear a Fitbit. Why? It just reminds me every day. I'm always in competition with myself. Mm. Did you get your steps? And did you get more today than you got yesterday? I like that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's good for me in so many ways. New learning, absolutely essential. Certain nutrients like omega-3, fatty acids, multiple vitamins, vitamin D, ginkgo, are really great for your brain. Having good relationships. Loneliness is actually a risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. I know, who would have thought? And then there's certain foods that are just special for your brain, like garlic and chocolate and onions and mushrooms. Ah, so you're giving us chocolate now. You've taken away pot and booze, but you're giving (laughs) us chocolate. Is it the dark, the dark, more cacao-filled Chocolate is yeah, that no, the sugar can be problematic. Yeah. But food is so important. You know, I, I've met a number of people who know you, who've taken scans, who've gone through work with you, who've improved their health. They've seen the scans change. I've seen a lot of the research. I've seen your, you know, it's not like you're working out of a back alley here. You're out on PBS. I don't know how many gazillions of people have seen you there. Yet, this is kind of radical stuff. You've taken a lot of shots. People have taken a lot of hits at your work. Why do you think the work that you're doing is kind of shaking the apple tree in regards to conventional medicine and the conventional approach to brain health? Completely changes the paradigm. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's a wonderful book called The Structure for Scientific Revolution. And it parallels exactly what's happened to me, is that first they ridicule it, mm-hmm. then they deny it and call, you know, innovators crazy. 
and then they accept it as self-evident. <laughs> and so my work 30 years from now will be just, well, of course you should look at the right. brain. And of course you should take care of your brain. But if you think about it, psychiatrists are the only medical doctors who virtually never look at the organ they treat. Mm. So a lot of people listening are taking psychiatric medication. They got it from their family doctor. They got it from a psychiatrist. And nobody looked at their brain. So if you have crushing chest pain, the first thing the doctor does is look at your heart. Right. But if you have crushing depression, nobody looks at your brain. So true. And I argue that's insane. Just think of the Parkland, Florida shooter. Mm-hmm. He was in psychiatric care for years. Mm. And he's calling the FBI going, I'm in trouble. I'm going to do something bad. And nobody's looking at his brain. I can guarantee you he had serious trouble in his brain that if he would have seen it, he would have gotten more interested in having it fixed. Because, you know, what I learned a long time ago is nobody really wants to see a psychiatrist. No one wants to be labeled as defective or mm-hmm. abnormal or mm-hmm. crazy. But everybody wants a better brain. Mm-hmm. So what if mental health was really brain health? Mm-hmm. And when one of my football players heard about the controversy with my work, oh, you shouldn't scan people. I mean, what was really the argument against more information? And he, he looked at me and he said, you know, Dr. Amon, they only try to tackle people who have the ball. <laughs> Touche. Touche. That sounds like a football player's analogy. Let's kind of, you've gone there a little bit. I, I touch on it to some degree because it's, it's a hot topic for people. We know the degree to which antidepressants are prescribed in America at a, a very significant rate. If you look at it and you've, you've dealt with this and you've helped so many people through this process, someone comes to you, they're depressed, they've been diagnosed as depressed, they've been given the different medications that are available, they don't feel better, they're starting to feel side effects. You start out, you'll do a scan with somebody like that and see kind of where they're at. What would be, and again, I know you were talking on a broad spectrum here, not individual case, but what would be some of the basic things you would do with somebody who's feeling the effects of depression? So 23% of women between the ages of 20 and 60 in the United States are on antidepressant medication. It's crazy when you think about it. And they often get it from their family doctor, from their OBGYN. And they've never done the natural things to go after depression. So one of the things I've learned from our imaging work, it's not one thing, it's seven different things. Mm-hmm. So you've got to know, well, what type do you have? And your listeners can go to our free brain health assessment. Mm-hmm. It's called brainhealthassessment.com and learn about, well, what type of brain do they have? And then we educate people. And I'm not opposed to medication. I'm just opposed to the indiscriminate use of medication. Mm -hmm. And I hugely believe in informed consent, that my job isn't to tell you what to do, it's to give you the options. Mm -hmm. And head-to-head against antidepressants, exercise is equally effective. Wow. That option. If you walk like you're late, 45 minutes, four times a week, after 12 weeks, it has the same effect as Zoloft, one of our really good antidepressants. Learning not to believe every stupid thing you think. 
I call it kill the ants, the automatic negative mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Feel your happiness. So you need an internal anteater in your head. Um, and here's the tiny habit for this. Whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you think and ask yourself if it's true. Can you absolutely know if it's true? So I have a whole process that's in Feel Better Fast that help people get rid of the negative thoughts, you know, as a wildly successful businessman and realtor, you've been disciplined. And the same thing's true for my athletes, right? I mean, they're incredibly disciplined, but no one's ever taught them to discipline the nonsense that goes on in their head. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Head to head against antidepressants, omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil are equally effective. Study from New Zealand, fish oil against Prozac. Prozac helped depression 51% of the time. Omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil helped 57% of the time. And the combination was even more powerful. So for depressed people, I often say, well, let's kick in exercise. Let's give you the right supplements. Mm -hmm. Let me teach you how not to believe every stupid thing you think. And then let's see where we are. And if we're not going in the right direction, there are all sorts of other treatments for depression from medication. There's something called transcranial magnetic stimulation where we're using powerful magnets to stimulate the brain. That's been shown to be helpful I want people to know what their choices are. Now, very often, people want medicine because they trust it and they want to feel better fast. Mm -hmm. But they don't know that as soon as you start psychiatric medicine, it's insidious in that it changes your brain to need it in order to function. And so, you know, quite frankly, some of my patients do need it, and it makes a huge positive difference for them. Mm-hmm. Others, you know, I'm not sure it's going to not cause more harm than good. Well, feel better fast. Tell me a little bit about this. You've written all these fantastic books. You're very in tune with people. You've got this brilliant I feel you have an, a different advantage than almost anybody who's writing, especially in a world today, because you have all these clinics with real-world examples. You have real-world data. But tell me about Feel Better Fast and, and why folks should get it next week when it comes out. Well, we're in a society that has trouble concentrating and wants immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. And so Feel Better Fast is really, well, let's talk about those things that help you feel better now, but not later, versus what are those things you can do to feel better now and later. Mm-hmm. And so as a psychiatrist, I've seen so many problems from Feel Better Now But Not Later. Right. And I talk about them in the book. But what I'm really interested in is how can I help you feel better now, right now? Mm -hmm. It has a lasting effect. And one of my favorite exercises in the book, it's called the ultimate brain-based therapy. Mm. It's where we go and target all five of your senses at once and flood them with happiness. Mm. So what are the things you can see that make you happy? So on my phone, I actually have a happy photo album that has my white shepherd and my Balinese cat and my wife and my grandchildren and my children, my favorite pictures of everybody Mm -hmm. because it makes me happy. 
Also, research has found that images of nature, so like the ocean or the mountains or the snow, and fractals, which are never-ending patterns, like the inside of a shell, mm-hmm. increase happiness. <laughs> so let's get visually stimulated properly. Let's listen to the right kind of sounds or music. So the sound of rain, the sound of the ocean. I live near the ocean. I just love the sound. Mm-hmm. And certain kinds of music has been shown to increase happiness. One study, listening to music and having the intention of being happier in 12 weeks, significant increase in happiness. Mm. Just having the attention alone didn't make any difference. So vision, hearing, smell. The scent of lavender has been published and replicated in the journal Lancet. Immediate boosts to your mood, and lowers anxiety. Also, the scent of cinnamon can make you happy. Peppermint as well. So we have vision and hearing and smell and taste. Chocolate. <laughs> you want to make it healthy. Actually, here at Amen Clinics, we make our own chocolate. It's really? Brain on Love and Brain on Joy. There's their <laughs> sugar-free, dairy-free, but they taste amazing. <laughs> My grandfather was a candy maker. Wow. And brain in love and brain on joy, it's how I honor him. <laughs> but they're good for you. They're not bad for you. Because what chocolate does is it increases a chemical in your brain called phenylethylamines. And phenylethylamines work on your brain stem to alert you that something fun is about to happen. Mm. Now, you don't want to have too much because then nothing fun will happen. It will make you sick. So smells and taste and touch. Mm. Brand new study. Massage can just immediately decrease anxiety. Mm. Acupuncture can help your mood. Taking a sauna has been found to actually treat depression. And holding the hand of someone you love can actually take away their pain. And when you hold the hand of someone you love, your brain waves and your heart rates begin to sink. So hold the hand of someone who's happy, but don't hold the hand of someone whose brain is haywire because you're likely to feel that way. Be very careful and you hold. Well, this is brilliant stuff, and we could go all day. You are a fount of knowledge on this subject. I thank you for so freely sharing some brilliant stuff here with us. I also thank you, brainhealthassessment.com for a chance to assess your own brain and then obviously feel better fast. Who doesn't want to feel better fast, but you're also not just giving us the short-term fix. You're helping us get to the long-term solution. But I think we do need a little motivation and encouragement to keep going on. So if we do feel better fast, maybe we'll be interested in taking the next steps to feel better all the time, right? Feelbetterfast.com. You can pre-order the book and there's so many gifts. We have four downloads, nice. introduction to the book. We have a new cookbook my wife just put together called The 10-Day Brain Boost. Mm. There's also some audios I do for you to help you feel better fast, some hypnosis and meditation audios. I'm a huge fan of both of those things. We just be dearly grateful if you get it and then give it away. I mean, what a great gift. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, this is beautiful stuff, and we thank you for sharing all this. And we hope all of you folks will do what you do, which is you're a great audience. You're very interactive. 
and your people who apply information. I'm very proud to continue to bring you guys great value and then you take action upon it and go to feelbetterfast.com. Dr. Amen has all those wonderful resources for you. And uh, let's get this book out there. Let's get it into us and then let's get it into our friends. Before I let you go, Doc, I, I have five questions I ask everybody who's ever been on this show. And this will be like, I'll be your psychiatrist for the next five minutes here. I'm going to ask you five questions. We'll get to know you a little better. And it adds a little flavor to everything we do. So if you're ready, uh, you're on the hot seat. I'm going to give you a few questions here. So here's the first one. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Stop caring what other people think of you. Mm. It's actually a little rule I have it's called the 1840-60 rule that says when you're 18, you worry about what everybody thinks of you. <laughs> when you're 40, you don't give a damn what anybody thinks about right. you. And when you're 60, you realize <laughs> no one has been thinking about you. <laughs> yep. People spend their days worrying and thinking about themselves. And, and I, like you mentioned, I've taken plenty of shots. Yeah. And the fact is I do what I believe I'm put on the earth to do. Right. And if you don't like it, it just means you don't really understand it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're here to serve who you can serve, and you provide a great value, and you're helping people, and people feel better and healthier, and they feel better fast, and they feel better long term. But you're right. Uh, I do love the, the 1840-60 rule. I, you know, anyone who's lived through those years can attest to that statement. So let's see. Um, what one talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't? I wish I was better at changing people's minds because mm-hmm. what I have to give people is so important that I almost wish I had better magic right. at convincing people. I understand what you mean by that. Yep. But you can't want their health and success more than them. Isn't that the big challenge of it all, right? That's cool. What book has been most instrumental in your life? There's a book I just dearly love. It's called Loving What Is by my friend Byron Katie. Mm. And it's just so powerful. Whenever I suffer, I read that book and it helps me not suffer. Mm. Brilliant. Love it. What's your music? What is your jam? The kids or grandkids are in the back of the car. Grandpa's got his music on. He's driving up the coast to Newport Beach. He's got the windows down. He can feel the ocean on his face. What's the music that puts you in a, or the song that puts you in a great mood? And it's like, you're, you're just, you're just feeling good. So, well, for me, it's obvious. It's if I only had a brain from the wizard. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. The man's got a one track mind. I like it. That's great. I'll take it. I'm going to let you get away with that answer for now. And then lastly, if there's, you're a busy guy, you got a lot going on, but if there's one movie you've watched over and over again, what would that be? I love the heat with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock. It just makes me laugh. It is hysterical (laughs) and it's mindless and don't watch it with your children. But my wife and I just love that movie so much. It's an escape. And you know what? Life's supposed to have a few laughs along the way, right? You bet. Well, that's great stuff. Well, we so appreciate you being with us here today. I hope you folks listening, uh, this has whet your appetite. If this is your first exposure to Dr. Amen, it's just great, great information. It's great content. It's such an important part of our life. It's such an important part of our future. And it seems to be the most neglected part of our whole body. 
and that we can do something about it. We can do things to make our brain better. We can do things to make our brain worse and feel better fast. And I like the idea of feeling better fast and feeling better for the long haul, too. So I hope you guys will go out and get a copy of that book. I'm going to get a copy. I'm actually going to do... I have not done your assessment, Doc. I promised I'm going to come up and actually go up to one of your clinics and we're going to hang out for a couple hours and I'm going to do the whole scan and and do it up. I think I'm going to bring my son with me. He played football and I talked to him about it, so he's game. And uh, I look forward to doing that with you. I thank you for being with us today. And I wish you the best of success with the new book. I already know it'll be a huge success, and you're going to help a lot of folks feel better fast. And uh, to end our show here today, I'm going to hand over to my version of Brain Love, our producer, David Lally, but we call him David Love most of the time. And he's going to give you some directions on what you can do at the end of this program. Wow, I love that content. How easy it is to forget about caring for our own brain, the very thing directing our thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. If you liked what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing the feedback, and of course the reviews help us spread the word. As I leave you today, I'll hand you over to Brian's mum, Therese, for a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Oh,